turn in your Bibles to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 2. And starting with verse 9. I may shave a little bit of that off. It's 9 through 18. We think we'll just go 9, 9 through 15. <clears throat> Joshua chapter 2, starting with verse 9. And Rahab said unto the men, I know that the Lord... Everybody say, I know. I know. I know, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that your terror has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. What's going on? Forty years has expired. They've been wandering in the wilderness. It's now time to go into the promised land, and they've sent in some spies to spy out the land. Two of these spies has went to Jericho, and they hid in this woman's house. For, you have heard, for we have heard, everybody say the word heard, we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. How many want to guess how many years ago it was? Forty, Forty years ago. And people still talking about that. Still wondering about that. Still afraid of these Israelites because of that. You dry, how the, for we heard how the Lord dried up the water out of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard, everybody say heard. As soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you swear unto me by the Lord since I have showed you kindness, that you will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true sign that you will save my father, my mother, my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the two men answered her, Our life for yours, if you do not speak a word about what's going on. And it shall be when the Lord have given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with you. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. Father, take the words that we have read, Lord, the words that will be spoken, and God, the words that will be heard. And Lord, may they be truth and life to every person here in Jesus' name. Amen. Rahab believed. And let me start off by saying, that is a scarlet cord over there. Although I've already been told by Troy Britton it looks like an orange electrical cord. It's not. Work with me. You got to have some imagination here. We're going to talk today about believing God. Taking God at his word. The 15-year-old girl was in the church service. She was born again. She ran home. She told her mom, I have been received and accepted 
by Jesus. And she was so overcome with that. And she kept repeating that, kept repeating that. And her dad came in and she said, I have been received by Jesus. And, and he said, well, that's an odd thing for you to say. What makes you so sure that you've been received by Jesus? And she said, the preacher preached in Luke chapter 15, Jesus received sinners and eateth with them. Her name was Edith. <laughs> That's believing. That's believing. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 19, starting with verse 19, are these words. And you shall teach your children... Speaking of them, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, and you shall write them upon the doorpost of thine house and upon thy gates. This is a mezuzah. This is what that scripture is referring to. To this day, Israeli People in their homes, they will have a mezuzah many times on the outside because the Bible says in Deuteronomy that you place this upon the doorpost of your house. And when they walk into the house, as they, as they turn the knob to go in, they will reach up and they will touch this mezuzah because inside of that, it will have that very scripture that I've just read, they will, they will write that out, they will roll that up scroll type, and then they will place that in this uh, concave portion here of the mezuzah, and then they will nail that to the house. What they're doing is saying, this house belongs and is protected and is provided by the Lord God. They're saying, my home and everything in it belongs to God. You know what, for me, paying tithe has never been an issue for me because I knew from the outset everything that I have, everything that I own, everything that I am or ever will be, that all belongs to God anyway. Amen. It's the principle of the first fruit. Jericho is a mezuzah to God. It was to be set aside to where nobody was to take anything after Israel took that land and took that city, what happened was, it wasn't just going to sit out there and lay out there. No, what happened was, the priest was to go in, and they took the coins, they took everything, and that was going to be for the work of God for, for no telling how many decades. And God was saying, there, there were going to be ten major cities that Israel was going to take over. The first one was the mezuzah, it was set aside, it was set apart to the work of God. It was a tithe with what it was. And there was a man by the name of Achan that spit upon that divine principle. He went in and he stole some of the coins and the silver and a Babylonian garment and he went and hid that under his tent and his sin found him out and he was judged, him and his family. Unfortunately, some Christians spit upon that same thing to this day, to where they know that it is set apart, it is set aside for God, but they'll go ahead and spend it any way they want to. Amen. Like the, the guy that had the magic apple. 
And he had 10 magic apples. And with three, of the, with three of the apples, he could clothe his family. And with three of the apples, he could provide education. And with three of the apples, he could provide a home. And the 10th apple, that apple belonged to God. He should have done it the way he, well, the way he knew to do it. That was the first apple that belonged to God. But instead, he used this three for here, this three for here, this three for here, and you know how it works. This last apple, it looks so much shinier and prettier and looks so much better than the other nine apples. So what did he do? He ate it and gave God the core. A lot of people do the same thing. A lot of Christian people do the same thing. And if that's you, shame on you. Yeah, I'm a preacher. You don't know my circumstance. Listen, I don't have to know anybody's circumstance. We rest upon what the Word of God says, and the Word of God says that we are to be obedient in what God has already written. We know what we're to do in this matter. In 1998, the first time I went to Israel, I got to go to Jericho. And when I seen Jericho and I seen the, the ruins that was there, I just couldn't help it. My eyes welled up with tears, and I'm telling you, I felt the realness of this story sink into my heart. That it was a real city. That it was a city that was afraid. That it was a city that was walled up tight, the Bible says. The doors were shut. And there was a real woman by the name of Rahab. And the Bible, we do not know this in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, it points it out. There is no if, ands, or buts about it. We know it. In the New Testament, it says this woman was a harlot. And the realness of this story just gripped me. But there was a real woman that lived here in this city. And the realness of God's great grace. But he would save this woman who did one thing. She believed. And let me tell you something. Faith is what you're willing to act upon. You can tell me all day long how much you love God. But if you're not willing to get up out of, ch get up out of your bed on Sunday morning and go to church, I wonder about that. Amen. Rahab's faith moved her to action. She was not with them that believed not. Rahab believed. With God, all things are possible. With men, things are impossible. Who are you going to be with? With God, all things are possible. Who are you with? Are you with the doubters? Are you with the sissies? Are you with the gripers? Are you with the cynics? Are you with the complainers? Are you with the naysayers? Are you with the unbelievers? Or are you with God? Rahab was not with them. They didn't believe. Rahab believed. Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Simon Peter immediately began to talk, and the rest of them. Well, some say that you're Elijah, and some say you're Jeremiah, and some say you're a prophet, and some say you're John the Baptist. And Jesus said, who do you say? He wasn't worried about some say. Some say, some say. He's worried about who do you say? And Simon Peter said, thou art the Christ, 
the son of the living God. That's what Jesus was waiting to hear. Who do men say that I am? Some say, some say, some say, some say, some say this, some say that. I know in this church and I know around the community, I know people that for whatever reason, I mean, to me, I am a lovable little fuzzball. <laughs> but there are people that don't like me. There are people, I could have balloons hanging out of my car. I could be waving with both hands. I could have a deal, that, that, a rubber deal, plastic thing that we're doing like this. I could have my horn blowing. I could have my lights on and I could be waving and there'd be people who'd go like this as they pass by. There are some sayers. See, I'm not worried or, or concerned about people that show up here once or twice a year and then want to tell us how it ought to be done or what we're doing wrong. That's some say. I'm not really concerned with some say. I'm concerned with who do you say? What do you got to say? Major media networks, they are some sayers. There are people that are more afraid of Bible-carrying Christians than Muslim-carrying bombs around. They're way more afraid of you because you don't believe the government is God. You believe that God is God. Two women mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. There's your trivia question for the day. Who is it? Rahab and Sarah. Two women that were in total darkness. Sarah was in total darkness and believing a heathen religion at one time in her life. She raised up in the earth the Chaldees along with her husband Abram and God led them out and now they are the mom and dad of the faithful. The other was Rahab. A woman who was a harlot living in a heathen city afraid of everything and everyone, and God rescued not only Sarah, but Rahab out of total darkness. They were afraid of God. They were afraid of change. They were afraid of everything. <clears throat> Let me tell you something. The opposite of faith, it's not unbelief. It's fear. The opposite of faith is fear. Rahab did not let someone else's fear decide for her. Number one, Rahab was convicted. The Red Sea miracle happened 40 years earlier, and that was still true in her heart, knowing that a big God had to be able to do something like that. She was convicted. When the Spirit of God convicts you of sin, that's a great thing. Hallelujah to that. He's letting you know, here is the road sign. The bridge is out. You can't be traveling this way any longer. You need to turn. The Holy Spirit searched throughout all of Jericho and went to that woman and, and, and guided and guarded those two men to go to her house. And that was the one that said yes. Let me tell you, those two men represent the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. I know a preacher... Years back, what was the name of the restaurant in Mount Vernon? It's not there now. But they had uh, the rolls and the honey butter. Bonanza. Bonanza. Bonanza, that was it. 
I knew a preacher that as he was eating there at Bonanza, God just got all over him and he knew he couldn't finish his meal. He had to go over and talk to this guy that was over that he didn't even really know. And he went over to him and said, I don't know why I'm supposed to say this, but Jesus loves you. And the man just, I know it, I know he does. The guy was saved right there in Bonanza. Yeah. This same preacher a week later was down in West Frankfurt eating at, eating at a, I don't know if it was, where, it was Long John Silver's or something. And boy, he was just still, a week later, he's just still feeling it. You know, wow, this is just so awesome. And there were two women that were sitting over, and he walked over their table and said, I don't know why I'm supposed to say this, but, but uh, Jesus loves you. And they said, get out of here, you pervert. What do you want with that? <laughs> See, in one, they was, he was led. The other, he just thought it'd be a good idea. <laughs> That's the amazing thing. When you're really led of God, the Holy Spirit, before you ever go and talk to someone else, the Holy Spirit's already been there and prepared that person to hear what you've got to say. She was convinced. According unto your words, so be it. And I believe it. She was convinced. I've got a letter here that we received, I don't know, maybe a month. Six weeks back, it's from, what oh, it says here. Dear Mark and my brothers and sisters at Orchardville Church, I love you so very much. My name is Connie Laramore. I am one of the lost your CD ministry reached. How do I say thank you and express my gratitude to people who love me but yet have never known me? Listen to these next two words. Now, what was the preface of this? How do I say thank you and express my gratitude? Here's our next two words. By believing. By believing and allowing Jesus to change me from the inside out. I can still hear Kay singing those exact words. I found the CD that said free on it, and being a woman, I can't pass up a bargain. <laughs> LOL. I, dro I drove semis for 12 years. My life was a teetotal wreck. I was heavily addicted to cocaine. It had taken control of my life to the point of being all-consuming. I was so ashamed and I pulled away from my family, my father, my brother, my sister. Zero relationship with my beautiful daughters. My grandchildren had never met me. I left my marriage and everything that was good. The opportunity to visit Orchardville Church came in the middle of the night. I can only imagine how frightening it must have been for that couple. And that couple, she didn't say it in this letter, but I found out later on, that couple was Scotty and Lisa Becker from the Centralia branch. So knowing that, I can, only, I can only imagine how frightening it must have been for that couple to meet strangers on the side of the road with bandanas on her head looking pretty, like pretty rough characters. LOL, again. I had lost everything. My home, self-respect, gone. All hope was gone. I'd abandoned everyone and everything but for God. 
I have since found an awesome Bible uh, teaching and believing little country church, went forward, hit my knees, and surrendered all to him. Wow. He changed me right then, right there. Our Father is the God of restoration. My sweet, sweet husband, George, forgave me, and our marriage is stronger than ever. God has given us a true intimacy. My 78-year-old father and I talk on the phone at least two times a day, and he tells me every day how proud he is of me. My daughters, they have forgiven me, and we are so close. My five grandsons, not only do they know, now know who their grandma is, but I am their nana. We get to love on each other every single day. My Jewish son-in-law is saved. All of our daughters have moved within two blocks of us. Uh, George and I teach Bible Scouts, which is the three and fourth graders, every Wednesday night. The children have changed my name from Sister Connie to Miss Giggles. My George was director of Vacation Bible School this year. All of our daughters are saved. Son-in-law is saved. George's brother, who just got out of prison after 14 years, saved. My in-laws, uh, for the first time in their lives, they're reading their very own Bible. We got them a life application Bible. Our home is paid for. Our cars paid for. Our 10 semis paid for. No debt. To come from homeless, no vehicles, all alone, to all of this, only God could do that. Amen? Yeah. Yes, I am wearing my blessing very well. This is how I say thank you, by right believing and right living. I share my story wherever God takes me. I was one of the guest speakers at the All-State Women's Retreat this summer. This is how I say thank you to all of you. I live my life for him. Mark, please share this letter and the photos with all my brothers and sisters. Would you, and it says, love Connie. Um, can we show that photo? Dark, yeah. Yeah, darken those lights a little bit if you can. Get a better shot of that. Can you do that? Check that out. Yeah. Lights back again, please. These pictures were taken one year and two days apart. Look what Jesus did for me. Now I live for him. Amen. Amen. Thank God. So everybody that is involved in one way or another with the CD ministry, you're part of that. You're part of that. It may just be nameless people to most of us, but listen, they are impacting people's lives, thank God, for the CD ministry. Rahab was converted. The scarlet cord. There's my scarlet cord right over there. The spies told her, as a sign of your belief, what we want you to do is take a scarlet cord and hang out of your wall or out of the window where you live on top of the wall, and we will know those people are not to be touched. Now, I've got a point to make here that I think is very valid. It wasn't that she said, you know what, I'm just going to be real good, and that's what God requires. If I can be real good, you know, I'm going I'm to stop this prostitution game. I know I shouldn't be doing that. And if I do that, then, you know, God's going to accept me. She had to do something outside of herself, not fix up herself. No. God said, take the scarlet cord, place that out the window. They see that. That's going to be what's going to save you. 
Nothing else. She could have said, no, I'm going to be real good if I'm real, real good. No. Scarlet cord. How many of you known of people say, you know, preacher, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking for answers and I'm, I'm looking within for the answer. Have you ever heard that before? I told this to a guy one time. Preacher, I'm looking for the answer. I'm looking within. I said, don't do that. You're already confused. <laughs> That's not where you're going to get your help from. You're already confused. No, you've got to do something outside of yourself. You've got to believe in something outside of yourself. That is right there. There is, biblically and spiritually speaking, a scarlet cord that runs from all the way to Genesis, all the way to the book of Revelation. And it's the blood of the Son of God. And every time that they sacrificed the Lamb in the Old Testament, it was looking forward to this cross that was going to happen. Now we're on this side of the cross, and now we're looking back on the cross of what Jesus did on that cross. And it's that same scarlet cord, that same scarlet thread that runs throughout the Bible, and it's going to be by the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, something outside of us, not us being real good, not us going to even going to church every Sunday, not us paying our taxes. That's not it. It's believing in something apart from ourselves and outside of ourselves, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Rahab was justified. I love, you know, the word justified means just if I'd never sinned. God justified her. It was justified, never sinned. She could say that. Just like I had never been a prostitute. That's what she could say. Justified. God declared that to be so. And 60 years later, I can imagine this. Rahab is thinking back of that night, and she's thinking how great, truly great, our God is. She said, I married a wonderful man that accepted me. His name was Salmon. We had a bouncing baby boy, and what a fine young man he grew up to be. His name was Boaz. We have a wonderful daughter-in-law. Her name is Ruth. My grandson is Obed, and my great-grandson is Jesse. And today, we've just had another birth in our family. And my great-great-grandson, they've named him David. This is the song that this woman could sing. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife. But he made something beautiful out of my life. And she thought back to that scarlet cord. She thought back to those two spies that represented the Word of God and this Holy Spirit of God. And as the walls of Jericho were coming down and the inhabitants of the city were being killed, I can imagine the king of Jericho 
as he's laying there with the walls crumbled upon him and him looking up and the last sight he saw and the last thought he had as he's seen Rahab and her whole family being escorted to safety. And his thought was, why would Rahab the harlot be spared? And the Bible gives us the answer. Rahab believed. That's what God's looking for. Rahab believed. I said yesterday, I said it to the Lord. Lord, I'm not going to let cynics and doubters steal my belief in you. I believe you. I believe you. And that's what God is looking for. Men and women, boys and girls that would just simply believe him. Rahab believed. And she's in the lineage of Jesus Christ because she believed. Bow your heads, please. Father, they have this message. And Lord, those that's heard me preach, some have heard me preach dozens of times, some a few times, some have heard me preach hundreds of times. And Lord, there are some here that's heard me preach thousands of times. And Lord, they know that what I preach is that we must believe. And that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the heart cry of the gospel. And unfortunately in America, we've got such a faulty idea of we've got to get cleaned up first. And God says, all you need to do is believe. For somebody here, they've never believed. They've never simply had a belief in you knowing that, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. And as a child would jump into the arms of his dad, I'm jumping into your arms today. I'm trusting and believing. There are people here that have sicknesses or problems in their life. Help them, God, to do just what Rahab did. Rahab believed. Help us to believe. In your name we're asking and praying. Amen. Would you all please stand? Come on right now. As the Spirit of God would speak to your heart, we ask you to come forward. There'll be people here that will be praying with you and for you. Come on, if you're here today, on this first verse, on this first verse, if you're here today, you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior, you never truly believed upon Him, let today be the day. Today be a great day. You do what Rahab did. Rahab believed. You can do that same thing.
Come forward and we'll pray with you. We'll believe God together with you. Come on. First verse. Anyone today, you need Jesus Christ as your Savior. This is your verse. Come on. Come on. There ain't going to be people here making fun of you. We're going to be rooting for you. We're going to be blessing God together with you. Come on, on this first verse, if you're here unsaved and you want Jesus Christ to do a work in your life to where you know, without a doubt, if I die tonight, I'm on my way to heaven. Come on. Come on. Okay, if you're here for whatever purpose, whatever reason you need to pray, come on, let the Spirit of God do a work in your life. Come on, these altars are opened up. Come on.
preacher preaches a message on salvation, in which down through the years of, of in preaching, shoot, I preach on on everything under the sun when it comes to the Bible, and I've had people get saved in all kind of different sermons. Uh, I preach on tithing, and people get saved. Man, you know when you know God's real when that happens. But today, on a message basically on salvation, to have somebody come forward for salvation, that just is the that's the icing. That's the icing on it right there. Where'd he go? P.J. Ray is his name. Where's he at? Where's he at? Right there. Give him a hand. Thank God. Thank God. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.